Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the Express and Star Football Podcast episode two. It's all happening here. Mario Balotelli's going to Wolves. Salomon Rondon's going to Barcelona. What world are we living in at the moment? Uh, I'm your host, Nathan Judah. How is it going, everyone? Um, first of all, before I start, massively big thank you to everyone who listened last week. Uh, it was our first podcast. We know it wasn't absolutely perfect, but uh, thank you very much. The response has been brilliant. Loads of constructive comments. Uh, I know the sound was a little bit, uh, we had a few issues of that. Hopefully that's sorted out this week. We've got a new fancy uh, £250 microphone. Massive thanks to Juliet Hounham for that. Uh, but yeah, ready to go. Pumped. Um, if you want to get us um, on tweeters at ES underscore podcast one. Tweeters are at ES underscore podcast one. And please email us with all your questions. Podcast at Star. .co.uk. Now, the people I've got in front of me today, only two today, but it is a good two, a dynamic duo. And uh, first of all, massive thanks to both of them. Mr. Tim Spears has come in on his day off. Hi. Mr. Wolves himself. How's it going, Tim? No such thing as a day off, as you know. Very, very true. Mr. Wolves, I like that. Yeah, Mr. Wolves. I think I think that might, that might stick. What do you reckon? It's better than Mr. Brexit, isn't it? Yeah. Who's that? That's Donald Trump, apparently. Come on. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. We're not with current affairs, we just, 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 just wolves. Just wolves. Just, just, just wolves. wolves. Mr. Wolves. Yes, hello, Nathan. Uh, hello. And also, um, straight from West Brom's press conference, um, Mr. Matt Wilson. Matt, how's it going? I'm very well, thank you. I had to delay on that because I was going to call you Matt Mayhem there. But uh, yeah, Matt's just come in. Um, so yeah, both these guys, obviously, like I said, just rushed in. Tim and his day off and Matt's straight from the press conference. They've got plenty to do, but massively appreciate the time they're going to spend. So today, what we're going to do, we're going to um, basically just have a chat about the last week, really. Um, Wolves will look, uh, we'll look over the Reading and Ipswich games. Uh, West Brom, obviously, huge win at Crystal Palace to start the season off. Transfers, of course, only only a couple of weeks now until deadline day. Um, plenty of rumours daily with these two close. So we'll look at those. We'll do a little bit of Aston Villa as well while we're here before we preview the huge games this weekend. And I mean huge, especially in terms of in terms of Wolves. And that is the the little derby that's known as Birmingham City, and of course Everton um, at home for for Albion. And we'll we'll finish the show by by answering some of your questions in the mailbag. First of all, though, guys, just want to say. How good is the Olympics? It's, it's brilliant. It's great, although it's it's kind of ruining my uh, my body clock a little bit. <laughs> Do you know, I tried to stay awake for Usain Bolt last night. I thought, I thought about setting an alarm, because there's different tactics you can go with, right? Yeah. You, you set an alarm for the big race, or yeah. you power through it. Um, so I decided to power through it. <laughs> got, oh, no. got, got until 2am but in mind the race is half 2 no you didn't <laughs> woke up at 7 o'clock this morning oh, with no. my laptop just on my bed there no BBC One cover is still rolling anyway gutted but yeah no, no, it's, it's been great see is the Olympics great or because Britain are doing so well is the Olympics great no the Olympics is great anyway it, Britain are doing really well which is great for everybody but I think the coverage especially from BBC has been a bit sycophantic in many ways oh yeah They've gone a bit over the top for me. Some of the some of the best stories that I've found have been non non GB. You know, um, the South African who broke the four hundred meter Michael Johnson's four hundred meter yeah, record from Lane. Amazing story from Lane Eight. Mm. You know, there's so many other stories. I've I've tried to stay away from the whole. Uh, let's look at Laura Trott and Jason Kenny Kiss. Yeah, phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit cringy, wasn't it? Taekwondo is a bit of a step too far for me as well. I kind of, I kind of watched it last night though. Didn't you watch the Taekwondo <laughs> last night? Sweet right. That's good. I mean, yeah. 
Mm. People kicking each other in the head, that's brilliant. You're right, that is a bit sycophantic. It's all, they're, they're basically treating people like Kenny and Trot as like they're superheroes. Mm. And they are like, they're like our pure, pure Britons, you know, they're kind yeah. of like leading. It's hardly out. surprising considering the amount of uh, funding that uh, UK Sport has given us. Well, that, that's, that's, that's the subtitles to all this, isn't it? That we, you know, we, we bought this, we've paid for this. This is government money that's mm. funded this fantastic two weeks, so let's enjoy it. It is a bit of a, a, a feel-good factor, though, isn't it? I mean, come on. Second in the medal table, you know, yeah, in China. Yeah, oh, we've just been cynical journalists. That's, that's unbelievable. Like, I'm like into it. Although I was taking the mick out of you last weekend on Saturday saying you're going to watch Super Saturday, which ended up, of course, being, well, kind of like Super Sunday, wasn't it, really? There's a swear word you could put in there for, for, for the, the something Saturday, is what it turned out to be. It wasn't was, bad. Farrah got gold. I mean, it wasn't even Sunday. It was Sunday at, what, 1, 2 o'clock? It wasn't nothing to do with Super Saturday, was it? It was the Sunday when it happened. Sleepy Saturday. But um, I, took, I took the mick out of you about being sad and staying until four in the morning. And of course, I was texting you at 3.40, going to it as well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> completely. Yeah. What's it, what's your, what would you say is your, is your memory so far? What's your, what's your main Britain that stood out of, of the Olympics so far? Uh, I'm a bit biased, but I really like uh, the former Wolves player and Lanesfield lad, uh, Matthew Hudson-Smith. He made the 400 metre final. He was buzzing, by the way, when he made the final. He said that interview. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, re- I really like him. I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, just for a few weeks ago before he went to Rio. Yeah, really nice guy. He's doing like a degree. He's in the middle of a degree. He's about to finish his. his he was doing his dissertation this summer, mm. um, and there he's in the four hundred meter final, like fastest race of all time in four hundred meters. Anyway, yeah, lovely guy. Big big future for him. Matt, my favorite Olympian. Mm. Um, I like the. I want to go Great, great Britain. Though. I know. You know oh, let's, let's let's go GB achievement so far. Okay, I really I really enjoyed. Um, Badminton pairs who oh, won bronze. Bronze medalist, yeah. Because it might not seem that amazing, but it's the first time I think in 12 or 16 years that we won a badminton medal mm. and they beat the Chinese, which is no mean feat in, uh, in badminton. No. So uh, I like, I like, I don't know, I, I try to focus on the goals. I like the little silver and bronzes. Also, Cav as well, and getting, getting his, finally getting his, uh, his medal in the Olympics and, and pulling up uh, um, Wigo as well in the interview saying when he was asked to oh, wake Wigo, up you, he you said, big, You're big mates with Wigo, are you? Oh yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Just a quick one before we move on to football. But my actual favourite Olympian is Ryan Lochte. Yes. Oh, <laughs> right. Wow. Right, we've all been there, right? Have we? <laughs> we've, we've all. We've oh, all... Right. I suppose that you kicked out <laughs> in the toilet. No, we've we've all had like a really heavy night out and done something we've regretted and maybe kind of changed our story a little bit. But he's just told the world a pack of lies. <laughs> yeah. Quite cool. hilarious. Did he get pulled off the plane the other day as well? Yeah. Uh, no, he managed to escape. Right. <laughs> <laughs> before they nicked his passport uh, but it serves him right for that haircut I mean he's like dyed his hair grey I watched my, my wife show me a video of Ryan Lochte isms last night on, and yeah I mean brilliant swimmer but I don't think he's the sharpest tool in the box to be fair to that's him that's coming across really yeah yeah I'm just saying <laughs> but um, yeah interesting one but hey ho you always got to have a bit of a drama in the Olympics and uh, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it and um, I'm excited for how long we've got now how many, how many more days we've got one day is it only one more day like oh, I'd love to finish above China someone. Although you know China and, and USA have got like this massive rivalry so that in the medal tables, USA always go with golds, but China, if they're behind the golds, but normally they have combined medals, they'll show their, their medal chart is actually on combined medals, gold, silver and bronze. So whichever one they're doing better in, that's how they'll do it just to try and flip you flip, flip the USA. But, uh, that's fascinating. Just, just telling you, just telling <laughs> you from, from my coverage anyway. Right, let's go with the football anyway. Um, that's the Olympic chat over and done with. Um, Right, first of all, Wolves, a couple of games since we, uh, since we last spoke, Tim. Um, fantastic result against Reading uh, at the weekend and then followed up with a maybe not so, you know, not, a not so 
amazing uh, performance against Ipswich, but, but how are things going, would you say? Yeah, good. I think the results were more a reflection of the opposition, to be honest. Reading kind of rolled over, gave us the ball in their penalty area quite a lot, which was very helpful. <laughs> and uh, a very convincing win. And then Ipswich, typical Mick McCarthy, very tough to play against, very mm. tough to play through. And Wolves didn't quite manage it. They were definitely tired, despite despite Zenga being being furious at that suggestion in the press conference yesterday. Was he not happy? Uh, no, he wasn't happy with that. But he, he, gave him, he gave him a day off yesterday to kind of freshen up and get ready for this weekend. <clears throat> but yeah, like I said, it's more of a reflection of the opposition, I think. Wolves are very much a work in progress at the moment. Um, only two of their new signings are featured like from the start. There's Prince to come, there's Silvio to come, there's Dicko to come, there's mm-hmm. more signings to come, there's formations and tactics to iron out, etc, etc, etc. So to be uh, to be unbeaten after four games, seen as, like I said, they're a work in progress. And as Zenga's pointed out, they're effectively doing their pre-season now because everybody's still getting fit mm-hmm. um, and still work, still bringing on, bringing players in, etc. and finalising the squad. To be unbeaten after four games is a really good achievement, I think. What squad's he looking for, Zenga? I mean, you know, he's getting players in now. When's he going to be happy? Is he going to be happy? You know, does he want just all these seniors to come in, all these proven players, or do you think he's going to he's going to promote the kids and give them a chance? You know, what, what squad does he want? Does he want two men for every position, like, or is it just the more the merrier, and I'll work out my best eleven? Well, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people involved in that decision. It's not Zenga's mm-hmm. not Zenga's vision necessarily. He's he's the head coach. He picks the team. He coaches the team. He has a suggestion for transfers, he says, but it's, uh, uh, he's not intrinsically involved throughout that process. Um, I don't think we'll be seeing a lot of youth this season, as to your question. We haven't seen any on the bench so far. Um, I think we'll see him a lot in the Under-23 League, the um, Football League Trophy, and a few out on loan as well. But um, Apparently you're not allowed to call it the Under-23 League. You have to call it Premier League 2. Oh, come on, who said that? Um, that was uh, a press officer told me that, because they'd been pulled up on it by the Premier League themselves. Right. <laughs> it's like it's like the EFL. You got to call it the EFL. No, no I'm not calling it the EFL. We, we, we tried with football league. I think we carried on with football league for a few weeks, didn't we? After they made the change. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's EFL now. It's EFL, the yeah. EFL. EFL. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing many youngsters involved. It's it's a case of getting as many signings in mm. before they can. And he spoke yesterday about getting um, players in that have got characteristics that aren't already in the squad. That's why Prince has come in this week. That's why Bod Varson came in, you know, a tall target man. Mm-hmm. Haven't had that before. So, yeah, very much about the new players, not really about the kids this year. Wolves went down that route last year. didn't go very well. Sherry missed the penalty once at midweek. Yeah, wasn't the worst penalty in the world, mm-hmm. is it? But um, I haven't seen the replay. Um, well, you were there. Oh, well, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good, good point. Were you watching? Um, <laughs> on Twitter. It's, uh, yeah, a draw was a fair result. I mean, Ipswich had, I thought, a good goal uh, disallowed, which Mick McCarthy was... was uh, it was a bloody shambles, as, as he said afterwards. He was furious. Well, he's and, South African, and, isn't he? <laughs> and a few more words that I can't uh, repeat on here. But yeah, uh, and Berra had a header just wide. I thought mm. point was a fair result. We move on. Not not worried about another nil nil then going back to the good old days. <laughs> it did feel very familiar. <laughs> oh, there was, uh, it was a shame really because there's a lot of fans I think that didn't get to the Reading game that turned up to which which to kind of jump on the bandwagon a little bit and start getting excited again. And then it was like still what twenty thousand uh, twenty thousand there. No, just under just twenty. Under but it's holidays. It's early days. So mm. really hope the crowd picks up because we saw against Reading with the, the atmosphere was fantastic. Take away the um, the foreign lads who have come in. Who's impressed you from you know maybe who were Wolves. Last season under Kenny, who's, who's maybe kicked on a little bit, or you know, who's Joe Mason. So far? 100% Joe Mason. I think he's um, 
really good interview with him yesterday, which you read in tomorrow's paper, saying how Bod Varson is like a godsend, basically, because he's like a, the tall physical striker he's been waiting to play alongside since he signed. Um, and that's what Kenny Jacket wanted last year and didn't get. And also Danny Bart, who's been the best defender by far, actually. He's played every minute, been very consistent. He's a real scapegoat for the fans, um, both on Twitter and in real life in the, <laughs> at the games. who kind of get on his back straight away. But I think yeah, he, but he was he was poor last season, wasn't he? Um, I, don't I know. thought he was poor. I thought I, I thought he was average. Mm. I, don't, I don't think he was poor, I um, especially at the start of last season. But I thought he really struggled. He didn't have a, a consistent. He struggled with not having a consistent centre half partner mm. alongside him. Mm. That and, uh, and Wolves is kind of inexperienced at the back. And there was, you know, he needed some help alongside him, really, which he didn't have. A lot resting on his shoulders, wasn't there, last season in some ways? Absolutely, yeah. Mike Williamson came in and really helped in that regard. And then, obviously, we never saw him again and still haven't. Um, but, yeah, no, you can see he's got this bond with Zenger as well. We saw it away at Rotherham when they're kind of rutting heads after yeah. after full time. Uh, I think he's really taken on that responsibility. Zenger keeps going on about organisation and leadership from the back. And that he's, he, he revels in that. He's great at that. So, um, I think we'll see a good season from him. Matt, from your point of view, from the from the outside looking in, you know, where do you see Wolves at the moment? Are you, are you quite happy with it? the vibe that you get? Is there a little bit of jealousy from maybe the West Brom? Because obviously you both had takeovers, but yeah, the Wolves thing seems to have impacted more on the on the area and um, and the excitement value. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think a lot of um, Albion fans will, will will be looking at Wolves and thinking, you know, they've had this, they've had a takeover, we've had a takeover, but there's just a lot more exciting at, at this stage. You know, you've got mm-hmm. to remember. But we're coming from a much lower level, I should. Yeah, of course, of course, and that's that is the that is the, you know the, the the saving grace that you know fans will still be pleased that they're they're in the Premier League, they're in the top tier, they're dining at the top table, and especially after um, you know such a morale boosting win at the weekend, mm. and uh, saw Tony earlier today, and he seemed a little bit more confident this morning than he was last week about getting some signings over the line. So you know the, the, you might see optimism pick up, but yeah, uh, as we said last week. Albion's takeover was a bit more underwhelming, whereas Wolves' one seems to have come in and changed everything. Um, you know, brought a real fresh feeling to the club. The tendencies, you say, might start to pick up mm-hmm. soon. People are getting really behind their team. I think yeah. there's, you know, a lot of Albion fans know a lot of Wolves fans, obviously. And, you know, they'll, they'll be thinking, maybe maybe there's not too much jealousy, but there's a little bit. There's probably mm. a little bit there, maybe. Who needs new players though when you when you go into Palace and, and winning? I mean, that was mm. always on the cards, wasn't it? I mean, I lost fifty quid on it. I had a lovely, <laughs> lovely double. Fifty with... pounds? Which are you getting paid? Well, you know, it was, um, I say fifty. I meant, I meant five pounds. Sorry, but um, yeah, a little double. I thought it was a nice little double to start of the season with a uh, Palace and, and Leicester beating Leicester beating Hull with their uh, fourteen fit players. And, uh, <laughs> unlucky, unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> it was before before three o'clock. I was fifty quid down, which wasn't. Wasn't a great start to the season, so I've had to work six days this week to, to make it back up. But yeah, I mean, fantastic. I mean, it's typical Tony Pulis, really. You know, odd stacked against them, and then they go there and beat Palace. It's the funny thing. Um, you shouldn't really have bet against Albin when losing that game because Palace have got no strikers. Absolutely, yeah, they've got Connor Wickham, and that's it. Mm. And I'm not convinced by him anyway. I wasn't convinced by him. I was uh, expecting Yannick Balassi at the weekend. Yeah, well, Balassi came on and Johnny Evans kept him quiet, you know. Johnny Evans, who's... Does... £16 million, Johnny Evans, is that to Arsenal, yeah? Well, Tony said this morning that he hadn't actually received a bid yet. Um, he, was a bit, he was a bit coy about that. Um, he, he said he hadn't received an official bid from Arsenal, but, you know, sometimes you lose your best players. So, um, it'll be he... interesting to see what happens there. Um, but, going back, mm-hmm. but going back to the result, yeah, fantastic, fantastic win. Um, 
It was it was an interesting one. It was the typical Tony Pulis victory, one 0 away from home. Um, I think the majority. I think all of his wins for Albion have been by a single goal um, in the last just over a year, last season and a bit. Um, and the majority of those have been by one nil. So it's you know what you're going to get from him. Um, it was some in some national media portrayed it as a sort of smash and grab. I didn't think it was like that. I didn't think it last year. If you remember, we went to Everton, and Everton had some like 33 shots. Uh, but Albion won one nil thanks to sort of a bundled uh, goal from a corner. Mm. And even though the goal did come from a set piece, which is obviously where Albion uh, will always threaten from, it wasn't that. It wasn't that much. It wasn't that one sided. Uh, Matt Phillips, Sider Berahino, um, Darren Fletcher, and Rondon all played really well. And actually, there was a bit more. It was something. It was a tiny little glimmer of hope for Albion fans that they might be moving forward in the right direction. But you say about signings, yeah, it, it's it's a funny one. Um, after the game, Tony wasn't really as ecstatic as you'd expect him to be mm. after winning away mm. from home. And you sort of got the impression that maybe he thought, ah, could have lost that one because then it would <laughs> uh, sh- uh, hurry up the board into yeah, to buy yeah, some new players. Do you feel like uh, Pulis is under pressure? Because just talking about takeovers and comparisons again, when Foson came in, it was very clear they didn't want Kenny Jacket really at all costs yeah. and they were just going to replace him. With, with whoever before the start of the season does it feel like the new guys are coming in and want the new manager or, or are they going to stick with Pulis any kind of inkling there it feels like they're going to stick with Pulis um, the, the, the new owner who's coming in and by all accounts he's a, he's a football mad fan uh, that's what everyone says but he's, the new owner spends most of his time in China um, doesn't speak English a, a part of this takeover is also for him to learn um, some business sense from Albion it's not just a one way street um, the reason the Chinese government have told so many Chinese investors to come over is because they want to actually learn um, how to build, um, especially the backgrounds for um, Mr. Lai. I can't, I can't pronounce his first name. Mr. Lai. He's, he's, he's into eco-towns and building towns. Mm-hmm. And apparently, um, a part of that is they want to learn from Premier League clubs about their academy projects. And Albion's academy is, is, is notoriously quite good, quite a good one, especially in the Premier League. They're trying to learn about how to build, um, how to integrate... Um, children uh, in with adults and so it's very much a two-way street this takeover it's quite an quite an odd thing quite an interesting um facet to the whole move um i don't i think he's he's completely happy with tony at the moment it doesn't mean to say that he's going to be for the foreseeable if if you know we'll, we'll start the whole regime really starts tomorrow um he wasn't at the palace game he's coming to everton at home that'll be his first game and if they play poorly you never know, his mind might be changed. But um, at, the, at, the, at this state that we sit here, I don't believe that um, Tony's in any danger, really. Um, met John Williams, the new chairman, today for the first time, uh, just for a quick meeting and hello off the record. There's no indication from him, I don't believe, that um, although he's sort of subservient to the new Odin, there's no indication that Pulis is going to be going. Um, he was at Blackburn with Sam Allardyce, so he likes that sort of uh, traditional mm. English manager. Um, I, I can't see it happening yet. Of course, lose five games in a row and something can change, but at the moment, no. It's interesting what you say about the owner, about maybe development in the local area, because that's something I spoke to Wolsey's new MD, Laurie Dalrymple, earlier this week, and very keen to point out that Foson are kind of buying into Wolverhampton as well. So maybe like Rally Regis and Bilston will be the new Shanghai and Beijing. You know? It's interesting, isn't it? There's certainly um, deeper lying elements to these takeovers, I yeah, think, than just, just investing in a football club. And both um, both of the takeovers, uh, and, and, and even at Villa as well, Dr. Uh, Jia, they've all said 
this is not a vanity project. Mm. It's, no, it's no coincidence they've all come in together either in, in the same summer. At, I don't believe there, at is, all. No. there must be some kind of connection there. There must be, I mean, well, they, well, they were all up for sale, obviously. Yeah. Um, and they were all, they're all, they've all got massive uh, fan bases. You look at historically great clubs with huge fan bases mm. and with potential to expand those fan bases. Okay, Wolves and Villa have got um, traditionally big fan bases, so have Albion, but Albion are also a Premier League team as well and, and all, the, all the stuff that that brings. Um, there might be a slight coincidence that it's all happening the same summer because the Chinese government have told them to um, basically invest into sport teams, but I definitely think that they're trying to get something out of it as well. They're not coming in here just to splash the cash. And it, basically, it's not like Roman Abramovich at Chelsea. No, it's not. No. So we... Expectation-wise, then, I mean, what what does he want? I mean, has he, he hasn't really gone on record saying we want to be top six in two years' time. We want European football. We want to win the trophy. That's, there's nothing there. I mean, so is it just a continuation of Jeremy Peace and being happy with with 14th, 15th, and, and staying in the Premier League and accumulating this ridiculous money? Well, he did come in and say, okay, the first aim is to stay up, but the ultimate aim is to get top half. Now he preached pragmatism. I'm sure he'd love to go and win the league and, and finish top six and get into Champions League. But this is what I was trying to say, that they're trying to get something out of it as well. They're trying to learn from Albion because Albion, an established Premier League club, traditionally operate very well, financially viable, never in debt. Mm. Um, they've got um, a good, st st good stable background there. That mm. Basically, these, these investors, they, you know, he, he, knows what, he knows his own market in China and what he does, but he wants to learn from them as well. So it's a two-way street in many ways. Um, and I think, from what I can gather, it's the same at Villa. Um, what was this? I think maybe slightly different, but I don't, well, I don't know. What do you think, Tim? Um, it's it's difficult to know really what 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 their final ambitions are, but they're certainly I think basically as, as big as big as they can get. Yeah. C certainly, certainly, um, growing Absolutely. growing the brand in China and making Wolves big in China is um, is kind of top of their list. But the, the, there's a lot of room for expansion at Wolves, certainly in the stadium. I think the training ground as well, maybe not on that site, but they could look at developing on another site. But they, they talk about getting in the Premier League and staying there, but they're, they're obviously thinking higher than that. Of course, of course they are. Everton, Saturday. Um, is it a pint? They all, they all, is it a drink or something like that? It's a drink. It's a drink. It's a drink. So it, it, can be, it can be a soft drink if you need to. Yeah, no. It could be a cold, sparkling water if you want it to be. Fanta? Can you get a Fanta? Um, I don't know. I'm assuming well, this get, is what we need to know. I'm assuming you can get a Fanta or a Coke or something. Yeah, it's, it's a free drink for everybody. So if you're driving or if you're you know, teetotal or mm. whatever, or you don't fancy drinking in the afternoon, then you can have a, you can have a, you can have a soft drink, which is a nice gesture. We've seen it at Dan, done at Leicester. It's a great... Um, PI exercise, but like you say, Mr. Lai hasn't said too much. Mm. Um, he's when he joined, he said a few things. Um, he doesn't speak English, so um, we've been told that you know there's not much point interviewing him. Although I'd still like to, but um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see the reception he gets tomorrow and what and whether it will be you know the um, whole excitement and jubilee that we that we saw at Villa and that we that, and that you know we saw at Wolves. Whether it will be like that, um, I think it will be before kickoff. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of that depends on how Albion approached the game in the first 30 minutes um, last season we saw that if the first half didn't go too well at the Hawthorns then uh, the fans can sometimes turn What do you think about the drink thing? Is that just a bit of a gimmick? or I think it's great I mean yeah it's, it's a tiny bit of a gimmick but they got the scarves at Palace didn't they? The, 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 scar the scarves was a great yeah. idea actually yeah, because they, all, the fans, really good. Yeah. all the fans were twirling around the head mm -hmm. and it really created a bit of an atmosphere in that mm -hmm. away end and um, 
All the, all they the, weren't going to wear them, were they? It was a bit too hot for that. A bit that. too hot for that. But all the players went over there at the end and, and clapped them. And mm. I was getting, I got the train back actually from Sellers Park, and there were Albion fans on the train twirling them around their head. And you get a scarf in the media end now. Didn't you get a scarf in the media end though. Um, I got we got a little clapper at Wolves, didn't we? We did get a clapper. Well, I, did, I thought it was just like a program rolled up into like a Constantine <laughs> shape, to be honest. But. Yeah, I was expecting something a bit better than that. Mm. What, what was it? Just a piece of A3 card? What did it look like? A very, very firm piece of A3 card. Firm. That when you know wafted quite vigorously. Made a little did it make a lot of noise. noise when they all got going? Yeah, it did actually. Yeah, yeah. It was more one for the family stand, really, than the South Bank, um, who I think were preparing them as, as paper aeroplanes <laughs> as soon as the first goal was conceded, which didn't happen, thankfully. Isn't there some some changes at Albion Stadium as well? I saw some nice pictures and stuff. Is oh, that yeah, that looks, looks really good, that does. Nice. They spruced up the stadium as well this, uh, this summer. That was actually an um, initiative um, which was asked for by the Albion Assembly, which is a, a f- fans group which represent the fans and go and speak to people at the club. Um, and they asked if they could do if, if that could be done. And, and to be fair to the club, they've done it, and it looks quite nice. I haven't, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen it all. I've seen the car park actually, where they've got a few, a couple of new pennant flags up. Yeah, it looks nice. I mean, it, the ground did need it to be fair, because you go there, it's just a sort of a blue sure. box at the moment. But um, yeah, it looks good. Uh, you know, you go to a lot of. Uh, Modern day stadiums, and they've got um, Bournemouth have got it. You can yeah, see, uh, Fulham as well. I think they've got it uh, from memory. I think so. if you go to new, you go to new stadiums. It's everywhere. Go somewhere like the Etihad, sort of over the place. Yeah, it's um, a really good idea. Kind of brings the stadium to life a little bit. You just got to be careful with with the players because if you got yeah. if you got Berahino on there, and then he leaves next week, it's it's a target for paint. Yeah, really. I think you need to, <laughs> I think you need to go for players that have left. Um, yes ideally who aren't going to uh, come back and bite you there's, um, there's a very very tall picture of Kenny Jacket outside the <laughs> Billy Wright stand uh, lifting the League One trophy well, I, I presume they'll keep it you know because history that it's history, history so it's but too I think you should keep that I mean that, I, I agree it's just, it's just a little bit awkward at the moment but yeah I think uh, I think they should keep it definitely. that season was such a such a, a good well, such a nice season to for, for Kenny yeah Okay, it, was, gonna, it was very nice. We're going to have to move on then, guys. Um, let's talk, I mean, 12 days to go before that dreaded August the 31st. And I mean, I, I don't know whether you agree with me, guys, but I think we could have our work cut out on August the 31st, the way things are going at the moment. But one of the people who, who, who has come in, the prince himself... Um, What's his last name? Otome. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got to sort this out before tomorrow. Prince Onyege. 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 You say tomorrow, does that mean that you're expecting him to start or at least, at least take part tomorrow? Senga said he's ready. He said he's ready to be involved. So, yeah, I would expect him to start. Um, Wolves' midfield's been their weak point so mm. far this season, so they are ready for a prince to ride in on his horse. It's great for headlines, isn't it? Superb, and we've got Daddy John Daddy, who's the daddy? Derek Bish, deputy sports editor, oh, is bloody loving it. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, having a ball. He's a, we've already got sign of the times in this week, yeah. <laughs> so more to come from that. Um, more players on the way. I mean, I'd be amazed if if it stops there. It, well, no, it won't stop there. No, There's no way in a million years. I mean, two, three, four um, players. I mean, Louis Sal from um, from Benfica. The, the Benfica get look at me like that. <laughs> How <laughs> oh, you do you want to pronounce Lou it? Is out. No, no, the, the pronunciation. The Benfica captain. You know, there's ridiculous talks of like coming in 120 grand a week. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. No, like, come on, it's 100 grand. Week. Don't exaggerate. It's 100 grand. Oh, so come on. 20, you can add 20 grand. Make it realistic. Journalist. We can do what we want, really, can't we? As long as it sells, it sells well, papers. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But um, no, I mean, like, you know, talk about the Benfica captain. Obviously, maybe it's an easy one. He's, he's, he's out of favour. It's very easy. Yes. Any um, any Benfica player who's out of favour is, is, is linked with Wolves. Is there any. 
And you scope that that's actually going to happen? Yeah. Like, Certainly not at the moment. There's absolutely nothing in it, I think. Has he been asked the question, though, Zenga? Uh, he's been asked questions about every player, but he, mm. he refuses to speak about every mm. any player. He, he doesn't do transfer talk whatsoever. Um, just refuses refuses to even entertain it. Doesn't really like talking about individual players either at the moment. Mm. So anyway, no, Louis there's 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 nothing in it from um, from like this this side of the of the continent, as it were. Yeah. It's all coming from Portugal, as it was with Talisca. I mean, a hundred grand a week is just it's just stupid. <laughs> People read it and they believe it, like they like they believe signing Talisca for twenty million, Balotelli, etc. You know, just think. Wilfred Bonney, just think about the finances involved here. Like we're not signing him one hundred. Balotelli's now the seven to four favourite for his next club to be Wolves. Yeah, because loads of chumps like you have been putting ten pound on him I to come in. I haven't put any money on that. <laughs> I might have put some money on the past on certain destinations. However, but a ridiculous story, crazy story where it, where it came from. You know, I think Balotelli goes to Mourinho. Mourinho says you should play for Wolves or Port Vale. Drop down a division. Mendes is linked because Mendes knows Mourinho. I mean, that's what I mean. Everybody, everybody believes what they want to believe. That you know, he was there was it was one report in a in a national publication with a red top um, that said he could be joining Wolves or Port Vale. Yeah, and everybody just ignores that Port Vale bit and like, yeah. oh yeah, this has got to be true. He's definitely joining Wolves. Um, might be joining Port Vale as well, maybe. You know, is that is that really? I mean, come on. 4,500 people voted. 68% of them would take Mario Balotelli at Molyneux. Right. Dis- discuss. <laughs> That's quite low, isn't it? That's quite low for a, for a former Man City into Milan, AC Milan. I don't know. I thought it'd be lower. Liverpool I think that's player. quite a lot. No? I mean, to, uh, take, take, away, take away, obviously, what he's done in the past, but... Baggage, etc. I thought it'd be like no thirty. Yeah. you know. To be fair, football is an entertainment business mm. first and foremost, and who's more entertaining than Super Mario? Mm. So I'm all for it personally. Get him down there. His biological father lives in Wensfield. Loving, this, loving. This. I think it's a little bit before your time. In fact, both of you. Um, but it was, it was a couple of years ago. We, we or somebody tracked down his biological father because he's 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 fostered. Uh, and biological father lives in Wensfield. So there's, you know, there's the draw bringing him in. He's yeah. house hunting in Oxley as we speak, basically. So um, it's it's all getting a bit silly now. Um, I think the fans are quite excited at first being linked with Raphael van der Vaart, mm. um, but then when it when it doesn't when it doesn't and Boney and mm. Peter Crouch, who's at Wolverhampton train station, just says everybody. But you know, yeah. nobody took a picture conveniently. Anyway, you know, just a tall bloke. You can't really, yeah, exactly. You can't really rule anything out. With Foson and the money they've got to spend, but you, you want you want to see them linked with realistic targets like Chris Martin, who's like you know that was a genuine bid, mm-hmm. and the kind of player they want to be bringing in. But Balotelli, it's just it's just a huge distraction to be honest, oh, and, 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 and it's, it makes it makes it a bit of a circus because certain certain publications or agents or whatever will just will just say right, Wolves have got a bit of money, let's link our client with them uh, to get their name out there, and. Um, Get him a better job. I mean, we've even seen it with managers this summer with Lopetegui, who got the Spain job at the end. Ola John is the latest to be linked. Um, any any kind of news on that? Uh, there was nothing in it a couple of weeks ago when it first surfaced. Um, I haven't heard anything to the contrary, but it's. It, I think it's certainly more realistic than Louis out, owing to the fact that he's another Benfica reject, but he's played Championship football last year. So we'll keep an eye on that. He one. was he was linked with Albion earlier this summer, but there was nothing in it. So it might just be an agent trying to. Uh... Mm-hmm. Tell about another man linked with Albion, Enna Valencia. Any any news on that? I mean, there's there's quite a few stories now that 
Probably makes sense, I guess, because he can play on that on that wing. I mean, he wasn't particularly yeah, he's, good, he, was he, at Chelsea on, on, on Monday night? He fits the bill because he's a striker who can play on the wing, uh, and that's what Albion need, a striker and a winger and attacker midfielder. So, and I left back in the central midfielder and the centre-back. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but in all seriousness, he, he fits the bill. Uh, there's, de- there's definitely interest there, whether they decide to pursue it or not. Um, who knows? There, It's getting a bit desperate. As I said earlier, Tony... Uh, seemed a bit more confident today, a bit more boisterous. He said there's a couple in the pipeline um, that you guys don't even know about. You know, speaking to the press, so maybe we'll. Uh, I've done this before. You know, they've they've waited to the last couple of weeks and announced signings, uh, left field signings like Owen Wingy that people didn't know about. So uh, we'll see what happens. They need them, don't they? I think the the Palace Palace game was maybe not an indicator of how it, the season's going to go. It masked, it masked a lot of deficiencies in that squad, absolutely. Uh, you put a couple of injuries to key players, um, they are down to the bare bones. They had three teenagers on the bench and they need, yeah, they need the players, they need the players. I think everyone knows that. I think Tony knows that. I think John Williams knows that. I think the prob- probably the new owner knows that as well. So I mean, an injury to Rondon, for example. An injury to Rondon would be... Uh, been so, been really impressed with him, actually. He's, he's settled in a lot better than I think a lot of people thought he would into, into Premier League football. He looks leaner. Um, I think he's, he's benefited from having pre-season with Albion. Um, he looks a lot leaner. He's ended last season with uh, two goals in two games. He's got a few at the Copper America mm. as well. As Venezuela, Venezuela, who were bottom of their World Cup qualification group and going nowhere and going on strike um, and actually reached the quarterfinals had a really good tournament and it was all sort of thanks to Rondon uh, well obviously they've got other players as well but uh, he's their talisman and so can they keep him that's the question Rondon yeah definitely I mean this... no, no danger this month but what about January do you see if, if he starts season well he seems really happy at Albion from what I can gather he, he's got a nice little clique with uh, Jakob and Christian Gamboa the three South American lads will hang out together and, and Lots take, of banter there. take the mickey out of each other and, and it's and it's quite good apparently. Um, Tony occasionally goes out with uh, dinners with the South American lads and their, uh, their families. Apparently Rondon's now got his kids into schools over here. He's settled in. All the, all the chat from all the players that I speak to is that he's he's happy and he's looking, looking forward to being the main man because last year, although he was obviously there's a lot wrestling on his shoulders, it was sort of he was thrown at the deep end a little bit because when he joined, Sido was supposed to be, you know, maybe the main striker, but he only had the season that we all know about where he was on uh, on the bench. There was a bit too much pressure on him, but now I think he's relishing that pressure and he looked really good with uh, Berrino up top. Play, played with a smile on his face though as well. I mean, yeah. all these tweets and stuff like that and he's going, getting off the plane and going into the Copa America, like you say, and, and even just, just, just seeing him on, you know, on, on the extended highlights last, last week. He just, you know, there's so many players these days. You look at your, your strikers, Acosta, whoever, but they look miserable half the time. They're angry. It just looks like he's a, he's so happy to be here. He's so happy to be the focal point in the attack. And I mean, some of the finishes, and like you say, the movement that he makes is it's a breath of fresh air. Do you remember last season when, um, I can't remember the defender, but someone tried to jump over him and head the ball. Oh, yeah, and they I fell over yeah. him. And he basically caught him, up, caught him up and they strictly come dancing and put him down. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a breath of fresh air and he's exactly what Albion need and I think they're, gonna, they're not going to sell him this month, that's for sure. Uh, a lot can change in six months, of course, you don't know what's going to happen, but I'd be really surprised if they sell him in January. This chat about Barcelona being interested is, um, well, what I, I've been told is from this end, it's nonsense. Whether he's low down on someone's list at Barcelona, who knows? 
But that's a decent front four that Messi, Suarez, Neymar, and Rondon. Well, you can just imagine him winning the flick ons and them all running off. <laughs> unstoppable. But, you know, obviously, if, if a club like that comes in, mm. then Rondon might be thinking, oh, hang about, I could move. But at the moment, he seems more than happy. And I'm sure all the fans are happy with him. I know we touched on the Johnny Evans thing earlier on, but if, if a report, I mean, Arsenal are desperate for players as well. If something like a 16, 15, 16 million pound bid does come in when, 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 when they bought him for six million pound, they get ten million profit. Would would, would they no. sell him? Is that, is that no? They're not going to sell Evans for that because you look at the, you look ten at, million pound profit. Doesn't matter about profit, does it? Look how important he is to this team because he can play centre back, left back, defensive midfield. He's priceless, is what Wilson's trying to no, say. No, but yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is the new owners have come in. You know, the, the chairman's come in. Like, how would you know that he's that, that if they're losing ten million quid? Because if you sell if you sell Evans, mm. then you risk losing a hundred, two hundred million pounds in summer mm. when you go down. That's how important he is to the team. Um, fingers crossed now he doesn't get injured but 200 million pound player Johnny Evans <laughs> that's quite a statement <laughs> obviously, obviously I'm not saying he's worth 200 million pounds but he's he's integral to the team and um, having already lost having already sold James Chesley we're not going to Albin aren't going to sell any more defenders um, unless it's Pogginioli or Gamboa who mm. they've been trying to ship out for ages um, obviously Tony today he basically said we're not we don't want to sell him there hasn't been a bid Never say never, because mm. you never know. If something if someone comes in with a forty million pound bid, maybe you have to consider it. But I, I can't see him going for sixteen million, especially in the summer where you see other players like I mean, that's only six million more pounds more than James Tompkins. Sure. Uh, and that's only one million pound more than Jordan Nine. Mm. I can't see I can't see them snapping Arsenal's hands off for that. They want to keep him. What kind of players do you think realistically they should be looking for looking at? Positionally, kind of and positionally, and, and you know, and similar he, players or he, players that might be available. They need two strikers. They need someone, an attacking midfielder with a bit of um, creative guile, um, someone who can work in the pockets. Um, they need a left back desperately, and they need a left winger. Those, that's what they need. Um, whether they're going to get them, we shall see. There's. Um, is the money there though? Is is the is the is the, is the 15, 20, 30, 40 million pound there to, to spend, or do you think it's still? Well, you can have one big purchase and the rest of them you're going to have to do your loans. This is the interesting thing. All the talk, all the talk coming out of the club is that the money's there. The money's there. We've got it. We just want to spend it correctly on the right players. Um, we don't want to be splashing thirty million pounds on one player, for example, when we could perhaps spend fifteen million pounds on two. Uh, sure. And you know that would be a better bet because then you're covering your bases a bit more. Uh, the problem is, is that all this TV money's come in, but every club has got it. So it's not just Albion. Mm -hmm. And that means that they're going to ask him for players and Leicester are saying £12 million, rejecting a £12 million bid for Geoffrey Schlupp, who's their third choice left back and fourth choice on the wing. Mm -hmm. So they're, you know, whether, whether, they are, whether that deal is definitely dead or whether they're just trying to drive the price up is yet to be seen. But at the moment, it looks like it's, in the, it's, it's dead. Um, but that's the issue. It's not, the money's there. They've got the money to spend. It's just that it's all relative. You know, the clubs the clubs know that they've got the money. The clubs mm. know that everyone's got the money, so they're asking for more. The I think the issue is is that people were wondering whether whether the new owners had invested money like Foson Hubbard uh, Wolves, and I haven't seen anything to suggest that they have invested anything yet. Jeremy Peaks is still the major shareholder. Hasn't gone the sale hasn't been ratified yet by the Premier League or the Financial Conduct Authority. Now they they claim that there's investment there, but whether that's just what was happened what was what was at the club beforehand 
or not has not been clarified, but I'd be surprised if they've invested anything yet. And it looks like we'll be uh, waiting for next summer to see if they uh, pump any money in. The Financial Conduct Authority. Oh, yeah. I bet those guys are crazy. Oh, they are <laughs> mental on a night out at 2am, I'm telling you, with the Donna Pizzas. Do you know what? They were very helpful. The press office were very helpful, so I'm not going to say a word against them. <laughs> just leave it to me and Judah, it's fine. <laughs> we're just going to have to move on quickly, guys, because we're running out of time. But let, let's go into the weekend. Obviously, huge game, Derby against the Blues. 3pm kickoff, which is a little, slightly scary from, uh, from the outside looking in. Uh, Tim... Just, just a massive game for for Waters and going. It is a little bit. I think Westminster's police will be quite happy that, it's, that it might be raining because that tends to kind of put a dampener on uh, ex- over exuberant celebrations, etc. Um, yeah, we are surprised. Keep everyone in the pubs. Honestly, speak to the police. That's a proven fact. The rain, rain does dampen. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I was quite surprised. It's three o'clock because it's been half. All our derbies have been <laughs> half twelve for as long as I can remember. Really, on a Saturday, I went there a couple of years ago. Uh, in the away end at St Andrews and there was running battles all the way back to the ball ring afterwards anyway we'll see um, really 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 look forward to it mm. I think I think it's going to be a really decent it's game it's going to be actually. tasty isn't it it's going to be tasty I'm not sure it'll be a, a classic for the purists etc um, I hope Zenger enjoys it because we were talking to him about his, his derby experiences yesterday from oh, his from his thirty five year career, he's, he said he said he he has lived his life in derbies. I saw what a fantastic analogy of your life. Um, you know, the, played for Inter with the Milan derby, Sampdoria against Genoa, oh, it's Catania, Palermo, the big big Sicily derby, uh, lot and lots lots more. So the Wolves Blues derby is doesn't quite have the same kind of ferocity, really. I don't know. Any of those, but well, yeah, but you'll see some of those tackles. I don't get some of those tackles there. Yeah, you, you just want you want a full house, really. You don't want to see a half empty St Andrews like we like we kind of saw last year, I think, for the home game. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wolves Wolves taking a sell out away attendance, so it, it should be a really good atmosphere. I think it'll be quite similar to the Ipswich game. Maybe teams cancelling each other out. Um, Blues kind of play. Blue, Blues haven't really changed their team very much. They've still got Clayton Donaldson up front. Big guy who they'll be looking to kind of feed off. Um, Mag Homer, who came on last year. I don't know if you were at the Blues game at Molyneux last year, but he was really, really good off the bench. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see if Prince starts and, and who's who's kind of fit and fresh after a busy few weeks at Wolves and hopefully they get the win. You say, obviously, well, I was saying I wasn't particularly happy that players look tired. Do we expect them now to be fully recovered after that day off? Or are we going to see you know the same the same eleven? Because he hasn't changed things too much. Um, maybe Connor Cody will will he drop out, or is, is he one who's going to keep his place? I don't think any of the midfielders have warranted a starting place. Really, do you know what I mean? I don't think any of them have really kind of. Um, so Prince going to get a debut. Um, it, it it depends depends on his fitness. I mean, Zenka says he's ready, but yeah, I, I don't think any of the midfielders can say, look, we've we've properly staked our claim, except for, except for Tixera, but he's been playing further up, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. So um, I think we'll see. I think we'll see a couple of changes. I think they will be fresher than they were in midweek. They had their first day off on Wednesday mm-hmm. since July thirty first, <laughs> which they were <laughs> completely buzzing about. Obviously, the players you can imagine, yeah, he's been working them pretty hard. Blimey. And I think he was saying that they're all fit. And, you know, no one was questioning their fitness on Tuesday. It's more about psychologically, they just needed a break. Yeah. Um, and you could see they were kind of short of ideas and creativity on Tuesday. So hopefully a day off, uh, a derby to get really excited and motivated about, and we'll, we'll see we'll see a, a lively performance. I mean, I know I, I like him maybe a bit more than you, isn't it? not that you don't like him, but I've been really excited by Costa a couple of times. I know he's mm. only made a couple of cameo appearances, but honestly, he has got an incredible burst of speed. Now, I'd love to see him start from nowhere and just... just have a go down the line. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. He's happy. He's happy to change it. He's shown he can change it at half time. But uh, you know, obviously, he's 
someone who they haven't seen, they've got very much an unknown player to them and to Wolves as well, but just go and have a go. Give me 45 minutes, give me 60 minutes, see what happens, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Isn't, that, isn't that sort of player better, though, off the bench when they're tired? I know, but you know, sometimes you can't. Sometimes if you're 2-0 down or whatever, then you can't really influence the game too much. I just would love to see him go from the start and just be surprised. You know, the crowd will be behind him, obviously, you know. Whether he's match fit or not, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Not, but just you know, work on that adrenaline and, and have a go. I'm not surprised you like him because he's all about flicks, tricks, and pace. <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a highlights real player. It's no. just Judah all over that is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um, I don't think he's fit enough to start. Actually, okay. he, has, he hasn't had a preseason. Um, he, yeah, he, he had a couple of nice bursts on mm. on on um, Tuesday. But is he ready? Is he ready for a derby? Is he ready to be like tracking back? Mm-hmm. Um, and given like we've seen with Texera, given kind of 100% effort, I'm not sure yet because we haven't seen enough of him to really decide. I, I, I agree with Matt, he's, he's a player to come off the bench, I think, at the moment. Matt, mm. Everton at home, first first home game of the season. Uh, let's hope it, well, it started pretty good, I think, this, for the Everton home game last year, but obviously finished a bit of a nightmare. Mr Lukaku hasn't gone anywhere, he's, he's still there and uh, could be probably the, the main the main danger man. Yeah, I'm I'm less worried about Lukaku and Balassi and all those sort of players. I'm more worried about Ronald Koeman. Mm. I think that he's a great manager in my opinion. Um, his Southampton team battered Albion three 0 at St Mary's last year, and I just think that he's he knows how to set up teams uh, against against uh, teams like Albion who who, who might uh, sit in. And I think there's also a, a little bit of an onus on the Baggies in this game to go out first home game of the season with the new owners there with all the fans wanting um, you know the spruced up Hawthorns wanting their performance I just fancy Everton to maybe um, not absolutely demolish Albion but just to pick him off uh, that being said that being said Tony did a complete number on Everton last year at Goodson Park and he's proved it before that he can pull a rabbit out of the hat when he needs mm-hmm. to so you never know but um, I just think Everton got so much quality and I think their manager is, uh, is very savvy Anyone pushing for um, for a start? Or you expect to see the same the same eleven? I would say McLean might start over Gardner. Um, Gardner's deliveries were fantastic against Palace, but his passing from open play was woeful. Um, I really like Craig Gardner. A lot of fans give him um, a bit of abuse. I think he's a great squad player. He's great to have on your bench because you can bring him on central midfield, right wing, left wing, right back, left back, in the hole. You can pretty much play anywhere. Mm. Um, but whether he's a, whether he's in your starting eleven or not, I don't know. Um, I don't. I think you've got to look elsewhere for that. I think McLean, um, although he tailed off towards the second half of last season, he um, came on, made a bit of an impact at Sellers Park and uh, whipped in the delivery. So he, Tony might reward him uh, with a start. He also said uh, after that game that he's very close to starting Jonathan Neko. So you never know. He might get a start. Mm. I mean, the owner's going to be there. If I'm Tony Pulis, I'm, I'm taking a draw all day long. I'm taking a draw. I don't think it's going to be a classic. I think it could be pretty dour, especially the first half. But if you're Tony Pulis and you're thinking, right, I've got a bonus. He's got to think that, see that as a bonus win last weekend. I don't care what you say. He's taken a, he could probably taken a draw before the start of the game. You've got a bonus win there, then get a draw against Everton, and you've got fancy chances against Middlesbrough at home. All of a sudden, you've got seven points from three games before you start the season with, with no squad. I mean, that's... Beyond what he would ever have dreamt of. But isn't it more about the performance tomorrow? New owners, first home game of the season, hopefully a decent crowd, all fueled up with a pint or a water, whatever they have. It's, it's, it's not. It's not about. It's not about the result. It's not about forty points at this stage, is it? Do you know what I mean? It's not about exactly. It's not about forty points. I think at this stage, um, 
the journey is just as important as the destination, if not Oh, I like that. Uh, Wow. How long have we going for before? That's that's come out of the lock. Let me have a look. 47 minutes in and that is the quote of the podcast. (laughs) I hate to break it to you, but I've used that in the column before. Uh, But anyway, but that... It, it, you know that's the situation that was last season Arvin got to that 40 points with 9, 10 games to go but it's all you know it's about how they get there and out, I think a lot of fans tomorrow would rather see them go out there really give it a go and even if they lose 2-1 but they create chances and they play exciting they go away a little bit more happier than if they than if they win or maybe not win but if they draw one all and play, you know, mind-numbing uh, football. I understand what you're saying, but Tony Pulis doesn't care about what people think. He doesn't care what a show. Doesn't Tony Pulis want to do? Tony Pulis knows exactly what he does. He knows. He knows how to keep it tight. He doesn't care about anything else apart from results. He's got this reputation. Of, uh, you know, as much as people want to put on a show, Tony, go and do this, don't do that. Surely he's so stubborn. He's such a stubborn man, and you, you, you've known how stubborn he is. In press conferences, that he's like, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna go away from what people want. I know? don't know if he doesn't want to do that. I don't. I think he wants to play attacking football. I just don't know if he can. Mm. Has he got the players to do it? He hasn't, a, he's got the players, but I also don't know if, 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 if he's got the, um, the tactical ability to set up a team to play exciting. He did. He showed it in his patches at Crystal Palace. Um, but at Stoke, that was always the, the you know what was levelled against him was that he didn't he didn't you know he, he had all the money he spent lots of money on lots of players but he didn't get them playing mm. any different to when he didn't have the money. So it'll be interesting to see how how they play. I really hope just for the sake of the fans and for the sake of what what tomorrow is a really you know momentous day. I just hope that they go out and give it give it a go and um, just attack and try and if, if if they if they can build a little bit on that Palace performance if Matt Phillips has a good home debut if Berahino maybe grabs a goal um, builds on his performance from last week then yeah you, you never know but uh, I just think Everton I think Koeman is a, is a good manager and they looked good at Spurs uh, last weekend West Brom nil Everton nil it's my prediction but we'll soon see I hope it's a thriller I really do I hope there's plenty of goals well, it was a thriller last, last year, year. It, was three, no, it was yeah it's not, not in the right way in the end but you know 2-3 but it was absolutely right yeah, man, I hope so fingers crossed to to all the fans who are attending there um, we're, we're running out of time like I say so we're just going to go through a couple of questions from, from the mailbag I promise you next week guys um Whoever you know, sends in questions, we'll, we'll have a longer mailbag and then um, be shorter, shorter bit of content just to answer we'll, plenty of questions. And we'll also be talking Villa and Warsaw. We will be talking, yeah. I mean, we've had to skip it today. Obviously, Matt Mayer, Joe Massey still, still, I think he's in Las Vegas. He's Matt Mayer and Joe Massey still on their honeymoon, you're going <laughs> <Yeah>. to say. <laughs> I think Matt's, just, Matt, Matt Mayer's at Villa Press Conference. Go on. Just a quick one about Villa. Yeah. I think yeah. Yednap's a great sign. Oh. He's going to, after losing Garner and... Um, Take him at West Brom, won't you? I would have taken Yednak at West Brom. Yeah. Mind you, we don't really need someone in that position, but um, Yednak's a great sign for them. That's exactly what they need. A central midfielder who is experienced, knows the league, and can fight and battle, I think is a good sign. I, th- I think I think we're there and thereabouts. And, you know, Jar's putting his, his money where his mouth is in. His mouth where his money is. And, and, and both, <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I, I completely agree. I, th- I think I think that Villa have maybe got out that tricky, tricky, dodgy stage, and, and they're looking like they're going to be contending this year, which I think is great for them. Um, first one, first first question we've got. Uh, this is for you, Matt. Um, your opinion on Tony Pulis? Um, my opinion on Tony Pulis is probably the same as a lot of fans. It is a complicated one that almost fluctuates weekly. Um, sometimes I believe he's 
the way that he's set this team up and got this team um, to stay in the Premier League, he's earned the right to be given money um, and be given a chance at um, proving whether he can succeed with money and, and get them into the top half. And even just given a chance to succeed or fail, really, because he hasn't been given that chance so far. Um, but then other, part, other times I think, no, he's not the man to take the club forward. Um, he can't. He won't, he's never finished in the top half of the Premier League. I think in, the, in all of his seasons in the Premier League, he's finished between 11th and 14th. So he knows exactly his level. Um, and it, and it, is, it, does, it is a complicated one. I'm sure a lot of fans feel the same. Um, there are obviously out, people out there who are really pro-Pulis and the people out there who are really anti-Pulis. It's very split. It but, is very split. But the, you know, the, the poll that we ran at the end of the season, it was 50-50 mm-hmm. whether you wanted him to stay or not. So it's a very split. I, that, that's personally how I feel that you know, sometimes he deserves it, sometimes he doesn't. It's really, it's, it's, you know, like any relationship, it's a complicated so, <laughs> You're getting so deep today. I love like, it. Oh, look, we've got a minute left as well, but two, two, in, two in a couple of minutes, I like that. Um, Tim, just just a quick last one. Uh, why does Walter Zenger not rate Jack Price? Why? Why does why? he not rate Jack Price? Why? Uh, it's a, it's an odd one. I, I, I'm a big Jack Price fan. I think he's a great player. He's a bit of a cult hero, primarily because he's got a great beard. Which really helps, helps in the cult hero stakes. But no, he's. Um, I think he's one of the best midfielders Wolves got. I just don't think maybe he's not physical enough for Zenga. Uh, we spoke to Lee Evans after Tuesday's game. I think that's why he's been he's been playing quite surprisingly the first. He's played every minute so far. Um, but in a different world to what he was doing for Bradford on loan last year. But I think I think he's adapted quite well. He's got a lot of stick from fans, the Evans. But I think I don't think he's been that bad at all. So um, yeah, with with Prince coming in, it's difficult to see Price getting in the team. In fact, I was doing a predicted team and squad for tomorrow and wondering whether Jack Price will be, even be on the bench because they've got so many central midfielders now. They'll probably be looking to move one or two on. Uh, it's still early days for Zenga to be kind of um, making his final judgments on players, but it doesn't look good for Jack Price at the think, moment. Think he could be off this summer. Um, I think I think I think if if players have been worked really hard in training and they're not having days off and then they're not even in a squad at the weekend, then you're not going to want to stay, are you? Come on, I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying Price will be off, but if if a first team squad player will have to miss out on the bench this weekend now that they've signed Prince, so if and Nathan Burns already been sat out and missed everything, so yeah, I think I think players will be looking to leave certainly. Mm-hmm. Right, guys, I'm going to have to cut it there, I think. Um, Matt, you'll be at Everton tomorrow? I will be, yeah. Well, I'll be at the Hawthorns. Oh, yeah, you'll be, yeah. Don't go to Everton. That wouldn't be a good situation. Um, we'll, be at, we'll be at St Andrews, Tim? I'll be travelling, making the short trip to Birmingham. But it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. Oh, what a finish. Um, tweet- I'm going to using that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> tweet us at ES underscore podcast one. Email us podcast at expressandstar.co.uk. UK. I'm Nathan Judah. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, And remember, we will be here every single Friday. Have a great weekend.